Welcome to episode 22 of the Rocket Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Wilk, and today I'm joined by... Aaron Lee. I play bass in a band called Y&T, and I am a solo artist. So how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, minus the, uh, the 105, 106 temperatures out here in Rockland, California. Wow. <laughs> we'll, we'll get through it. I have to go hit the pool later or something. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'm over here on the East Coast, and we've got rain today. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I would give anything for some rain. So, funny enough, I figured we'll start with a little story. Why not? So, um, the other day, I was telling my guitar teacher, Dave Root from Tesla. Um, yeah. I was telling him I was going to be interviewing you today. And uh, so, we went on telling me this whole story of how you guys knew each other before he was in Tesla, and I believe it was before you were even in Frank Hannon's band, too. So tell yeah. me about that. <laughs> well, Dave was in a local band. See, I'm from San Jose, California, Bay Area. And I was in a band at the time called Echo of Souls. And he was in the Dave Rude band. It was his solo band. Yeah. And, and so we did gigs locally around town together. And I, you know, I'd see him here and there and I always thought he was great. And the thing about the thing that struck me about Dave first thing was um, he used to wear this like kind of like a fur coat. It was like a long coat. And I used to always tell him, I have to have that coat, man. Where'd you get that coat? Oh, man, I don't know. I got it at a thrift store somewhere. And I was like, will you sell it to me? I got to have your coat. Like I, I would bug him about the coat all the time. Yeah. Well, anyway, I found a similar coat out in uh, Texas on tour one time. And then I, I saw Dave and I was wearing the coat. I said, there you go. Look at that. I found one. Right? <laughs> but uh, no. And then and Dave used to uh, he used to work at one of the rehearsal halls in Oakland that a lot of bands would, uh, you know, get the rehearsing in over there at, at this complex. And he'd be the guy taking the money behind the desk. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually how I knew Dave. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So as I mentioned, you've worked with uh, Frank Hannon for a while now. So tell me what that's been like and how that kind of all led to where you are now. I met Frank in 2012. And after uh, I, I met him, he had called me uh, on the phone. He was out on tour with the Scorpions with Tesla and asked if I'd go uh, jam with the drummer that he had in his solo band at the time. We jammed. And she had mentioned to Frank, hey, I think this could be the guy to, you know, play bass in the solo group. I hooked up with Frank when he got home and we played some Rush songs. Bass players, learn your Rush songs. Yeah. Because that's uh, one of the first things that Frank threw at me was uh, an old Rush song. And we jammed on that. And he just basically walked over, hung his guitar up on the wall. I was thinking, oh, man, I didn't get the gig. He didn't say a word, right? And then he turns around and he goes, yeah. oh, you're in. I've heard enough. You're in. But um, <laughs> after that, after I met Frank, uh, things changed for me drastically because it, 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 he made it so that I could start to have a true career in music uh, and make a living doing it. And right. I really give him a lot of credit for that because he gave me some opportunities and it was just the right time, right places, the right people. And, you know, things uh, came to fruition from there. You know, I've, I've said in many uh, interviews and just I've said this to Frank many times, too, is I want to get him a T-shirt that says Frank Hannon making dreams come true since 2012, you know, because it's, it's true. <laughs> Frank's a really gracious guy with his time and his input and 
just the way that he deals with uh, mentoring people, uh, especially younger groups, younger, younger guys that are coming up in, in uh, music. And he really is, is a great helping hand. And, um, and more than that, he's a great friend. So, yeah. yeah. So is that how you ended up uh, like meeting and meeting the guys in YNT and eventually joining the band? Well, like I said earlier, I was in a, a local band uh, that was in, out of San Jose. And being that YNT is from the Bay Area, they would do a lot of local shows, as we still do. Um, and my band would open for YNT even way back then. So uh, I had run into the guys in, in YNT many times and met them, but never in a thousand years would have thought that I'd end up in the band. Um, that sort of changed when, um, so this goes back to Frank, is when I joined his solo group, uh, Tesla started to get busy again and they had to go out on tour. Frank had a great idea to bring me out on tour with them to work for Tesla so that I kind of wouldn't be left in the dust to go have yeah. to, you know, uh, take up my time doing other things to, to try to make a living. And right. that's another uh, great, great thing that Frank did for me was uh, just brought me into the Tesla fold and I started guitar teching for him. And down the road now, I mean, I'm talking like a year and a half, two years down the road, then uh, Jill Menachetti reaches out to me, who's YNT's manager, and she asks me if I'd be willing to come out for a month to guitar tech for Y&T. So, of course, I said yes, you know, thinking, great, I get to play around with Dave Menachetti's Les Paul and, you know, restring it and hang out with the guys and get to know everyone. Um, so I jumped at that chance, went out for 30 days with Y&T and everyone got along. I think they just got to know me better. And uh, when we got home, I'd say two or three weeks later, I got an email uh, from Jill asking if I'd be interested in joining the band. So basically what, what that, all that story right there was, Frank gave me the opportunity to be a guitar tech, which led me to be a guitar tech for Y&T, which led me to joining Y&T. <laughs> you know, N Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden, the drummer for Iron Maiden, he was a, a drum tech for Iron Maiden. So that happens quite a bit, actually. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of guys that start off as techs or just working for a band and end up in the band, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot um, just from other people that, like, even people who are teching for the band, if the guitar player decides to leave the band all of a sudden, you know, you're the first one they want to have, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that uh, one time we were out, Tesla was headlining some uh, theaters and we did the Grove in LA and I remember I was just wrapping up getting Frank's guitars ready for the show that night. And I come walking by the dressing room and Brian Weed, the bass player yells at me, Hey, Hey, come here. I got to talk to you. What's up, Brian? He goes, Hey, we need an opener tonight. Our opener flaked out. I said, what are you, what are you asking me for? I got to work. He goes, no, go up and do that acoustic thing you do and, and open for Tesla tonight. Just play like four or five songs. He's all nonchalant about it. And I was thinking, I'm all, you know what? I probably should do this because I may not get to do this again. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I got to go up and, and open for Tesla solo doing, doing an acoustic thing, which is fun. Yeah, that's one of those things where you kind of have to be ready for anything uh, they want to throw at you. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a fact. So... Dave Menachetti is currently the only, you know, original member left of YNT. So, 
Uh, with the current lineup, are you guys planning on doing any original music in the future? There's always talk about it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I would love to because that would, you know, solidify me as being on a, a record with new material and, you know, being on the album. I mean, I'm already on the acoustic record, but, you know, those are old songs from right, the catalog. Right. But um, there's always talk about doing new music. It's just, you know, before uh, everything was shut down, when t before touring was shut down, Y&T was working so much, constantly touring year right. round, that it, it was really hard to find time to sit down and just collectively everybody get together in one room to write. Um, in this time that we've had off, I think maybe it was just a necessary time away uh, for people to just do other things. So we didn't get to do anything together as a band, um, which, you know, leads me to talking about my solo stuff is that's basically where all that came from. But um, in the future, I'm hoping that there will be at least, you know, a few Y&T singles, maybe, you know, yeah, yeah. One song, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will look forward to that. If that were to ever happen, that would be great. <laughs> Me too, yeah. Uh, so like you said, that's what, that all led you to your solo career. Um, so you've been wanting to do that for a while, I guess. And this time away from the road has finally allowed you to do that. So uh, tell me how you kind of got that going and off the ground. Well, I, you know, once the touring stopped and I sat here and I realized that, okay, this is going to be a while. Right. You know, we're going to be sitting around doing nothing. What am I going to do with this time? And, and you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative person to begin with. Just I'm always writing riffs or songs or things like that. But uh, just decided that, okay, well, I don't want to look back on this time that uh, we've been off the road look back and go, well, what did I do? What did I, did I do anything? No, no. I wanted to be looking back on it going, that was a very creative period. And I'm glad I took advantage of that time period because I may not get that block of time again. So that's what prompted me to jump in and just put out a single. That was just my original plan was just to put out a single one song. Right. Um, but things started rolling along. Uh, I started just writing more, more songs are coming together. And I know it's just because I'm sitting around, you know, with really nothing else to do, but record and write. So right. uh, that's, that's where the singles came from. I put out three singles along with Live For Today, which is coming out, uh, I think it's next Friday, June 25th on all streaming platforms. So that'll be the fourth single. But what I did is I took the three singles plus another song, compiled those to a four song EP put that out so I can have some physical product, you know, things like that. So that's, that's really what prompted it was just having the time off and, and having nothing better to do, but be creative. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people have done that too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The floodgates opened. That's for sure. A lot of, a lot <laughs> yeah. of people putting great stuff out though. It's really cool. Definitely. Definitely. It's weird. Like last year, everyone had time off. So everyone's releasing new music or has released new music. And now it's like everyone at once is releasing tour dates now. Yeah. It's, it's all just happening at one time. And it's a lot for me, especially as a publication, like there's so much going up constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a great feeling to know that, you know, there's still people out there just really gung ho for live music and just music in general. You know, I think, um, people take that for granted when it's there yeah, for them yeah. all the time. But 
when it gets taken away and so suddenly it makes someone look at it and go, wow, I really missed that. I wish that would come back again. Well, here it is. It's back. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's great. Definitely. I mean, for me, like this is my teenage years. So I'm like, it was so hard for me to not have live music. Cause that's like my favorite thing in the world. And you know, my publication, like I've done it all myself. So everything that goes up is all my stuff. Um, so now I have like concerts booked for the next six months to like do photography at and review and everything. And it's just like so exciting to be back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's your time to shine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you mentioned uh, your upcoming single, Live For Today. So was that song uh, inspired by this time in isolation or was that something you had been working on prior? No, it was actually inspired not so much by isolation, but just what's happening around us on a daily basis, uh, right. you know, in the world, you know. It seems to me that things that are going down right now where, <laughs> where we live on this planet, it's almost like a, a, you're a photographer and you may know what I'm talking about. It's like taking a film negative and, and turning it around. Like right. when you look right. at a slide and all you see is the black and white, but it's reversed. That's what the world feels like to me right now. And that's, a, a, you know, a certain symptom of, of what was going on, you know, uh, political yeah, environments, yeah. virus, all these things all at one time, you know, out here, California fires raging is just, you know, all this rioting. It's just all this stuff going on. But, you know, more than that, though, is, is again, people take things for granted. We're all human. We all do it. We all think that something is going to be there tomorrow. Well, it may not be. So, you know, do what you need to do, what you feel like you want to do today. Uh, don't yeah. try not to try not to put those things off. Get those things done, whether it's, you know, uh, fixing your car or writing a song or whatever it may be. You know, do it yeah. because you may not have tomorrow to do that. And that's what Live for Today really is. Uh, that's that's where the premise was coming from. Just, you know, things that can be taken away from you and you just all of a sudden you're left with nothing. So do it now, today. Yeah. Well, that answers my next question. I was going to say, how does that idea of live for today uh, guide you through your life? And I think you just perfectly summed it up right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's, if anything, this time in this last 16 months or 17, I don't even know how long it's been now, but a yeah. long time. Um, it's, I hope, given people a lot of time to reflect and appreciate. And, you know, so jumping back into what's called normal, um, they'll jump in with both feet, you know, mm -hmm. really take, take it, take the bull by the horns. Yeah. So obviously you've done solo music this past year. So is that something you think you'll continue with when uh, touring comes back or do you think that's going to kind of put that on hold again? Um, well, definitely it, it would put the recording process on hold. Um, you know, when I am on the road, I usually have an acoustic guitar with me and, and, you know, and I'll sit in my hotel room and, and bang out riffs or, you know, work on stuff, have little ideas, record them on my phone. So when I get home, I have something like, oh, yeah, that thing or that idea or, you know, but it's just a matter of just having the time. But, yeah, I will definitely continue to put out solo music. I've even, uh, you know, been tossing around the idea of putting together a solo band and having that. So when I'm home, I can do that as well. Um, seems like a lot to, to chew on, you know, but we'll see. It, it seems like it could work. Yeah. Yeah. 
So over the years, you've gotten to work with a plethora of like incredible musicians and artists. Uh, so what are some of your favorite memories from working with all these different people over the years? Well, a lot of these names are certain situations where I ended up in a jam situation um, where I was lucky enough to have a moment with these people to actually play music with them. Um, you know, not necessarily being in their bands or right. uh, in the studio recording a song or something, but um, just certain situations that would arise and give me the opportunity to, to play, um, you know, like being on the, on the Monsters of Rock cruise, as you know, you know, there's a lot of uh, musicians to get together and I, I get to jam with a lot of those people on just on that cruise alone, you know, Joel Hoekstra for one, um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Whitesnake, uh, he has me play with him on, on the ship and we do the uh, Bloody Mary hangover jam in the morning, you know, which is always a highlight on the cruise. I always look forward for to sure. that. Um, you know, Joel, Joel, yeah, Joel brings up a lot of special guests, you know, so you get to play with those people. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's that sort of thing, you know, um, you know, playing with Frank as well, you know, we would have the opportunity to have guests come in and, and play with us, you know, with his solo band. Yeah, it definitely opens some doors when you're playing with uh, the right musicians, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think those jams you mentioned on the cruise are like probably one of my favorite things about the whole experience mm -hmm. because you would never see these musicians play together anywhere else except the cruise, which is like super cool. And I mean, even in general, a lot of the bands that play that cruise, like even just during their normal sets, they have friends and other bands on, you know? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't see that anywhere else, you know? Yeah, that's what's special about that cruise. You know, it's it's a unique, one-of-a-kind experience. I've always said to people, if you've never been on a cruise, just do the Monsters of Rock cruise, and then you'll never have to do any other cruises again because they'll be boring, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that because I always joke with my parents. I'm like, what do people do on normal cruises? I've only ever been on Monsters of Rock cruise. I'm like, what yeah. do you do? Sit there all day? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I cannot remember. I have so many shows in my head right now, but um, are you guys on the next cruise? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. On Monsters and Rockers, you played with Vane, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. I got to it's do like two shows. the Bay yeah. Area, the Bay Area show. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a really special thing that I got to do with Vane, Davey, and the guys. Because um, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager and running around San Francisco and going to clubs like the Stone, the Mabuhe Gardens, um, you know, in Oakland, you had the Omni and uh, Mountain View Theater, all these really great clubs. When I was a teenager, 17, 18 years old, going to these places, and I would go see Vane. As yeah. a, you know, a teenager, and I just, I loved that band growing up. And when No Respect came out, that was a big deal in our area because they were like one of the first bands to get signed to a major label, uh, right. Island, Island Records. So we looked up to them, to, to Vane, those guys, we looked up to them as like, wow, man, they made the big time. Like they got a record deal and all this, you know? Yeah. So they yeah. were inspirational. It was, it was inspiring. And it was a great record. It still is. It still stands up today. I love that album. Um, so when Davey had uh, actually, it was Ash, the bass player who reached out to me, knowing that I was going to be on the cruise already 
and he just asked if I'd be interested in helping him out to uh, sit in and cover those two shows with those guys. Uh, Ash, he lives here in, in town where I live as well. So I run into him every now and then. But um, so when I got to do that, that was like a little bucket list thing for me, not <laughs> expecting that I ever get to play with Davey and the guys, but, or, right. and uh, uh, Delana. But um, it was just really cool. It's almost like a full circle thing, being a teenage fan. And then you're jamming with, again, one of my favorite bands, just like y right. you know? Yeah. Because I was in the Y&T when I was a kid, and, and then I get to be in my favorite band. So that's two of my favorite bands I've gotten to be in so far. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I, I had to bring it up because Vang's one of my favorite bands, too. And like you said, no respect, one of the greatest, one of my favorite albums ever. And so yeah. I could not bring that up. <laughs> yeah, actually, I spoke to Davey a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Davey Vane, he was talking about a possible thing out in Australia that I may get to attend with them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was actually just uh, going back and forth with Davey a couple of weeks ago about getting him on this podcast soon. So that's very exciting for me. <laughs> great, great. He's a great guy. Well, I'll tell you, Davey, is, he's a funny dude. He, he, when he gets on a roll and, and he's telling stories, just let him go because they're funny stories. I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, when you're on the, I'm sure you maybe saw one or two of the shows on, on the cruise, but when he tells his, his Gene Simmons story, it's just you, you sit there like a little kid around the campfire, you know? Oh, tell yeah, me more, Uncle sure. Dave. You know? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> totally. It's funny. So, uh, where can people find you on social media, stream all your music, all that good stuff? Well, the first thing that they can do is go to AaronLee.com, and then that has every link to my social media. Uh, it has links to music, uh, video interviews, uh, pretty much everything that I'm you know, putting out is on AaronLee.com. So you can still find me on, on the Facebook and the Instagram and things like that, but AaronLee.com is where to go. And you can also stream the new single, Live For Today. I have it up on my website as we are speaking uh, to stream and you can also download from there as well if you're interested in that uh, and then it comes out june 25th on all streaming platforms everywhere well that's about all i wanted to cover today is there anything else you'd like to include i'm good i just uh, i'm happy to talk to you shannon and i see that uh, you play bass as well i saw your picture that you were carrying an ibanez bass somewhere uh, <laughs> That's cool because that's what I, I play Ibanez basses as well. I play the old ones, the 850s from uh, the 80s. But uh, no, that's great that you're a bass player and a musician. And yeah, good luck to you as well. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Rockin' Interviews podcast. Tune in next week for the next episode.